Today's daf Masech is Gitin, is daf Zion, seven. We're going to have three sections in today's daf. The first section is six psakim regarding uh, oppression and exile. We'll learn about certain halachas relating to those. The second section is going to deal with Rabbi Yehuda's definition of Akko as the northern border of Eretz Yisrael, as he stated in the Mishnah. And the third is going to discuss a very interesting scenario relating to the rivers of Eretz Yisrael, how they constitute, if it's Eretz Yisrael, if it's Chutzel Aretz. Be'ez Hashem will get to that in Machlekes, Rabbanon, and Rabbi Yehuda. So let's begin. We're holding about 11 lines down, Zayin Amud Aleph, Sholach Lemar Ukvala Rebbe Lazar. Now the reason we're quoting this here is because yesterday we had a discussion regarding Sirtut Am Psukim. When you write verses from the Torah, you have to write Sirtut. So in the first couple stories, we're going to see that in response to a certain inquiry, one of the rabbis wrote a Pasuk and wrote Sirtut. That's why it's quoted here. Says the Gemara, Sholach Lemar Ukvala Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Ukvala sent a message to Rebbe Lazar. B'nei Adam ha'oyim demolai, if there's people that are standing up against me, u'biyadeh lemosrem lemalchus, and I have the ability to give them over to the government. Rashi learns, koyach biyadeh lahal shenaleyen. Means I can <coughs> say something negative to the government about them, and the government will punish them. Mahu, so what's the halacha? These people are bothering me. So Marukva was asking, could I tell the government on them with uh, make up some charges, and then they'll persecute these people, prosecute these people. So Rebbe Lazar responded, So he underlined the Pasuk and wrote the following Pasuk from Tehillim Lamites. He said, David HaMelech says in Tehillim, <coughs> David HaMelech was the, the prime example of the oppressed Jew. So Amarti I said, I will guard my mouth from sinning with my tongue. Eshmer I'll guard my mouth and keep it closed. While there still is a wicked person opposite me. Which means, what was Rabbi Lazar telling Marukva? Even though there still is a wicked person opposite me who's bothering me, still I'm going to guard my mouth and keep it closed. So he said, keep your mouth closed. Don't get involved in uh, being Malshin and telling the government about these people. So Shalach Marukva sent another message to Rabbi Lazar and said, They're very much bothering me and I can't withstand it. So therefore, Marukva said, Am I allowed? Do I have a, 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 an allowance to be Malshin? So Shalach Le, Rabbi Lazar sent back another message in the form of a Pasuk and he said, Pasuk in Tilim Ahmed Zion says, Daim la Hashem, be silent to Hashem, and anticipate him or hope towards him. We're going to interpret the word v'hischoylel to mean a lotion of corpses. Doim la Hashem, we were saying, Rabbi Lazar was telling Marukva, be silent to Hashem only, v'hu yapilem lecha chalolim chalolim. And he will cause them to fall, corpses, corpses. Meaning, you be quiet and you don't get involved in this fellow in terms of having him, uh, being malshin him. And Hashem will make sure that he dies, that he's taken care of. So the Gemara explains what was Rabbi Lazar saying. Get up early and stay late in the base, in the base medrash, and and because of that, and that's they're going to die on their own. It means they'll be taken care of. The, the moment the, the, the statement came out of the mouth of Rabbi Lazar, and they placed Geneva, they placed this fellow who was oppressing uh, Marukva in, in Kailar and chains, which was a sign that he was going to be taken out to be killed. So you see that the idea of Tzadik Gaiz Vakarish Baruch was fulfilled. 
but also that Marukva ultimately wasn't bothered anymore. Morning. How you doing? Yeah. Nice shave. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. Let's go. We're holding Zayin and Aleph, almost uh, halfway down the page. We're holding in the middle of of Sugya discussing different memras regarding oppression and and golos. We're going to see over here. Zayin and Aleph. Sholchulei. If you see Sholchulei, it's two, four, six, ten. About ten lines above the wide lines. Sholchulei. So they sent a message to Marokva, and they asked him the following Shaila. We actually discussed this at the end of Saita. So the Shaila they asked was, how do we know that vocals are prohibited? How do we know that singing or music in general is prohibited? Rashi learns the Shaila was the Beis meaning when it comes to Golos, how do we know that there's a prohibition to have music when it comes to the party houses? Taisvis actually adds to this, very interesting. Uh, he says that there's another prohibition to go to sleep or to wake up listening to music. Meaning it's not only in the party houses, but it's extended to when you're going to sleep, as you listen to mood music, to calm yourself down or whatever, to relax. Taisvis learns that's usr because that's too much of an enjoyment. That's what Taisvis learns following Gullus. This Shailu was, how do we know that that's usr? So they sent this message to Marokvas. Asir tit of lay. Holding Zayin and Aleph about uh, almost almost at the wide lines. Sirtet because of Lahu. So he, he wrote Sirtet means he underlined the following pasuk, and he sent back the following message, a pasuk from Hoshea. The pasuk says, "Al tismach Yisrael, do not rejoice Israel." It's talking about because of Golas. El gil ba'amim, excuse me, el gil ko'amim, like the ex, exul, what's the word exultation, exultation. I don't know the word exultation. Like the joy of the Goyim, like the joy of the non-Jews. So Taisva says over here, really what the message was, is that you're not allowed to enjoy music like the Goyim. How do they enjoy music? At the party houses. So based on this, Taisva actually says is, but if it's a mitzvah, if it's simcha shal mitzvah, like at a chasana for chasana vikala, there it would be permissible. So the Gemara wonders, Why didn't Marukva send back the following Pasuk in Yeshaya? The Pasuk in Yeshaya says, With music you should not drink wine. Hard drink has become bitter for its drinkers. So that clearly is talking about at the party houses. Music is prohibited. Why did Marukva send the first Pasuk and not the second? So the Gemara answers, Because if we only had that second Pasuk, I would have said that what's prohibited, music from an instrument, meaning instrumental music, using like a harp, things of that nature, that would be problematic following Golas. But maybe vocals, vocals alone would be permissible. Kamash Malan, so Marukva was sending the first Pasuk is to imply <coughs> even vocals is prohibited. Now again, Taisus learns over here, and Rashi's explaining, that's at the party houses, or going to sleep, etc. However, there is a leniency, certainly, Taisus says, when it comes to shas chupas, shir shal mitzvah, those things would be permitted. As we spoke out when we learned this similar gemara at the end of Saita, there are achorinim that speak out that it's permitted today, partially because of the issue of, like, chaylim, is that today, people have mental health issues, and if you wouldn't listen to music... You will get depressed and things of that nature. There are there are discussions like this, but that's what the Gemara says, Lamaisa, because of the Gauls. Alright, story number three. Amr Rafuna Barnasan Ravashi. Rafuna Barnasan said to Ravashi the following My Siv. In Sevri Yoshua, when Yeshua conquers the land, so the Psukim talk about all of the cities that were given to each Shevet. So in discussing the southern border of Shevet Yehuda that borders on Edom, the Pasuk says that the cities were called 
These are three cities in the portion of Yehuda in Eretz Yisroel. So Ravuna Barnasan said to Ravashi, What's the Pshat in the Pasuk? So Amar Leis, so Ravashi said, What's the Pshat in the Pasuk? Those are the, the Psukim are, are counting the cities of Eretz Yisroel. What's your question? So Amr Leso, Marfuna Barnasan said back, You think I don't know that those are the cities of Eretz Yisrael? Of course I know those are the cities of Eretz Yisrael. So Marfuna Barnasan said, What I'm telling you is there's a homiletic interpretation of the of those cities of Eretz Yisrael. Those three cities, Kina Vidimaina Va'ad Ada, there's a homiletic, a drush in the words of those of those cities. Elorav, Elorav Gevia Margiza, Amar Ba Taima, Rav Gevia from Argiza, he explained that those three cities, Kina Vidimoina and Ad Ada, there's a drush that emerges from those names. How do we explain the Psukim? Kol Sheyesh like Kina Al Chavera, it's the first city, Kina. Anybody that has anger against his friend, which means he has a reason to be upset at his friend, Vidoimem, and that's Dimoina, the second city, Dimoina, and he's silent, which means he doesn't. Carry out. What? The nuclear reactor is. Today? Demona. There we go. What? The nuclear Demona reactor. Is what? The nuclear reactor. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he's silent. It's interesting because the minor, the way we're interpreting is he's upset at his friend and he's silent. So the Gemara says, the next Pasuk, Not going to be silent. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a different word. Shoichen Ade Ad. So what's Ad Ada? The one who dwells forever. Ade Ad. Forever. Who does that refer to? Hashem. He'll take care of that person. So the way that Rabbi Gavia interpreted these three, these three cities is that the drush is if you are quiet despite the suffering that somebody else causes you, Hashem will take care of that person as it's meant to be. So Amar Leis, Rav Ashi turned to Rav Huna Barnasan and said, You're supposed to also ask uh, a bracha from a person like that. To ask a bracha. Well, that's if somebody embarrasses them in public. Probably, and he yeah. doesn't say nothing. Yeah, I'd rather, yeah, whatever, I'm going to, I don't tell Misa, but uh, I had a Misa, I, I, I had a Misa recently. Yeah. Really? I, yeah, I had a Misa, and I got a bracha. I, I know, meaning, I would, not that I was the one who was shamed. Someone shamed so, somebody else, else, and I got a bracha. got a bracha from him. Yeah. got a Baruch Hashem, you don't see this too often. Baruch Hashem, because is, is not a pasha. It's not a pasha dezach at all, but it is a big Indian. I'm saying. So you went to go get a bracha. I did, and then afterwards, I chaf is that sometimes it's not kedai right away. What? Sometimes it's not kedai right, right away. away. Yeah. Meaning afterwards, yeah. I chaf was like, what yeah. are you thinking? You just embarrassed. Like, give him a minute to breathe, and then you know. The, yeah. Anyways, yeah. For the flush to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> let them recover and then go over to them. But anyways, I, it was. A little bit of a short, short-sighted vision on my part. But anyways, Amar Lei, Sarvashi turned to Fulubar Nasi and said, "Okay, so you're darshaning psukim of Shevet Yeh- cities of Shevet Yehuda." So Elamayati said, "Another verse. What about this pasuk? It says also in those same psukim where Shevet Yehuda's cities are listed. It says Tziklag Umatmana Vesansana." So my haninami, hachinami. So these also have some drush. Means how do you explain these three psukim? So Amr Leiser of Hunabar Nelson said back, "Yehavar b'gevia mi beargiza hachef." For if gevia from beargiza was here, have Amr Batami. He would explain them. He's not here, so we can't explain them. But Ravacha mi bechuzah marbahachi. So Ravacha mi bechuzah actually explained what the pshat in those three, those what the interpretation of those three cities could mean, and it's a similar idea. Anybody that has a complaint about food 
What do you mean a complaint about food on his friend? It means that his friend is oppressing him to such a degree that he's harming the person's livelihood. Like his food. He's uh, invading his territory. He's, he's making him lose his livelihood. And he's nonetheless silent. So the third part of that Pasuk, the one who dwelled in the Sne, referring to HaKadosh Baruch he'll take care of that person. So therefore we have also these three cities has the similar interpretation. We want the fourth story over here. Reish Galusa, the Rafun. Reish Galusa was the, what's he call it in English? The Exilarch? Exilarch. Exilarch? Mm-hmm. He was the head of the Babylonian Jewry, or the Jewry outside of Eretz Yisro. So the fourth story is like this. Reish Galusa said to Rafuna, Kelila Minolan Aser. We actually learned this also at the end of Saita. How do we know that the crowns that Hasanim used to wear, they were special crowns that the grooms used to wear. Rashi says they were made out of gold and silver. They were dyed with certain colors. They were ordained with salt and sulfur. How do we know that these are prohibited following Golas? So Amr Le Midrabanan. So Rav, Rav, uh, Rav Huna said back, it's Midrabanan. There was a Gezerah. How do we know this? It's not. Because the Mishnah says in Mesech Esaita. It's very end of the Mesech, though we learned it. In the campaign of Aspasianus, remember we learned over there there were three campaigns regarding the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. The first was the campaign of Aspasianus. It was Vespasian in English. So during that campaign, the Chachamim made a gezerah against certain things, and those were Gazra, Latars, Chassan, and Eros. They made a gezerah against these crowns worn by the Chassanim, which is the ones we just listed, as well as Eros. Eros was these instruments that had clappers in the middle. You weren't allowed to use these instruments anymore because there was a certain joy associated with them. So Ravuna said it was essentially a gezerah midrabanan. Adahachi kam Ravuna lafnu. Ravuna then had to get up and he went to the bathroom. So Amr Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda, who was the student of Rav Huna, he was sitting there listening to the conversation. Now, while his Rebbe was there, he wouldn't say anything. He wasn't respectful. But when his Rebbe got up to go to the bathroom, so Rav Chizda, the Talmud, said, now I, I want to intercede on this conversation. So Amr Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda said to the Reish Galusa, Kroksiv, it's actually based on a Pasuk. It's not Midrach Banan. He didn't want to say this in front of his Rebbe. But when his Rebbe left, he's Rav Chizda said, now I could say something. Pasuk in Yecheskel says, Koyamar Hashem Aleikim, so says Hashem, Haser HaMitznefes, remove the Mitznefes. Now, Mitznefes is a hat worn by the Kayin Gadol. Veharem HaAtara, and uh, remove the Atara. Atara is a crown. So the Gemara says like this, Zeis, and the Pasuk continues, Zeis lo Zeis, this, not this. We'll explain this part of the Pasuk later. Hashbole Hagboe, the ones that were lowly were elevated. Vagavoya Hishvil, and the ones that were elevated were lowered. So the Gemara now explains the first part of the Pasuk. We'll get to the later part of the Pasuk after. What is the hat worn by the Kohen Gadol written in conjunction with the crown, which implies that which is worn by the Hassan? And what is that, what is that put one next to the other for? At the time that the Mitznefes is worn by the Kohen Gadol, i.e., So crowns are allowed to be worn by people, meaning the Chassan can wear the, these crowns that they would customarily wear. But when the Mitznefes is removed from the Kohen Gadol's head, i.e., after Golis occurs, so the Chassanim can no longer wear these crowns. So he expounded the Pasuk in Yecheskel, and therefore it's not just Midrabban, it's actually from a Pasuk. So as Rav Chizda was talking to the Reish Galusa, Asa Ravuna, Ravuna the Rebbe shows up, he came back from the bathroom, he saw that they were sitting in conversation, and he overheard that his student Rav Chizda had said, it's not Midrabana, but it's based on a Pasuk. Amar Lay, so Avhuna said, First of all, I swear it's Midrabbanan. It's certainly Midrabbanan, not a discussion. 
Elachizda Shimcha, your name is Chizda, meaning he said to his student, your name is Chizda, which connotes Chesed, uh, beauty, something wonderful. Vichizdoyen Milech, and your words are. Your words are wonderful. Your words are beautiful. But what was Rav Huna saying? Saying it's a beautiful pshat you're saying, but you're wrong, pshat and pasuk. Because the way he learned pshat and the pasuk is, it's not referring to the crown worn by the chasanim. Rather, it's the crowns that are worn by the kings. So meaning the correlation is that when there's no kings, there's no coin, there's no coin go, there's no kings. But not that it's referring to the crowns worn by the, by the chasanim. So that's not pshat and the pasuk. What's interesting is they didn't get upset. He just said, it's a nice word you're saying, but uh, that's not the pshat. That's the... Yeah. 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 Was it easy going first? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The Gemara continues on this note. What's that? Turbans. Even the Rambam wore a turban. That's the pictures that we have of the turban. The Arabs. They wore Arabic clothing. By the way, I think, am I wrong? The Mitznefet is what the Israelis wear, the soldiers wear on their head. It's called the Mitznefet. Does anybody know about this? I may be making a mistake, but I think that those floppy hats that the Israeli soldiers wear, which is like for for blending in, maybe the beret. I think they might call it mitznefet in Hebrew, but that's not, obviously, that's not what we're talking about. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> on this note, the Gemara continues and says, Ravina found Mar, the son of Ravashi, who was building one of these crowns for his daughter who was about to get married. So, Amar don't you hold of that pshat? Meaning, don't you hold that don't there's an it. issue with the chasanim wearing these crowns and l'chor the kalas too? So Amrle Marbaravashi said back, do me the kain gadol. No, is that the pshat in the pasuk is only that which is similar to the kain gadol, begavri. It's only referring to men. But regarding women, for them to wear these special uh, ornate crowns, that wouldn't be an issue for the kalas to do tiaras. Now the Gemara says, okay, so the end of the Pasuk says, Zeis loy Zeis, this, not this. So my Zeis loy Zeis, that's the end of the Pasuk there in Necheskel. What does that mean? So Darash Ravira, there was a discussion here, Ravira expounded the following. Sometimes he said it over the name of Ravami, and sometimes the name of Ravasi. So he said the following, that there was a discussion here when the Jews were about to go into exile between HaKadosh Baruch and the Malachim. And the Malachim were pulling in our favor. At the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to the Jewish people, remove the mitznefet uh, and the crowns, meaning referring to the fact that you're about to go into exile, the heavenly angel said in front of Hashem, the master of the world, this, how can it be that this, meaning exile, they're about to go into exile, this people, the Jewish people, who were makdim nasel nishma, who first said we will do, and then only said afterwards we will understand, meaning how could it be they're going to be sent to exile? Your, your beloved people who said we're going to keep the Torah without even saying we'll understand it. Amr Lahen Hashem's response to them was, Loizois, not this. What does that mean? Lahen Israel, referring to the Jewish people, as the Pazit concludes, They lowered that which was hot lofty, and they elevated that which was lowly. What does it mean? Because they put a, an idol in the Heichal, meaning to say is that they started to worship Avodah Zara, which was so lowly, and they lowered whatever that means, HaKadosh Baruch as if not to validate him. So Loizais, no, that's, what, that's who's being sent to exile. The people who are deserving because they're worshipping idols. 
Okay, let's move on. Darsh Bavira Zim normally Shmeid the Ravami, Zim normally Shmeid the Ravasi. So Bavira said another Drasha, sometimes the Ravami, sometimes the Ravasi. My Dixiv, Pasuk in Nochum teaches us as follows. What does it mean? It says, Koyamar Hashem, so says Hashem. Im Shlemim, if you're complete, Vechain Rabim, as well as a lot, Vechain Nagoizu, Vavar Vegoimer. So too you should be cut off or removed and pass. Now, what is the Pasuk talking about? So the Gemara explains like this. Rabbi Vira says, If a person sees that he has the exact amount of food that he needs, meaning his income is perfect to pay his bills, meaning he has just enough to make it by. Nonetheless, that's what we learn from Shleiman. It's complete. He has just enough. Nonetheless, He should use it for tzedakah. Meaning, nonetheless, he should give charity. Why? And, and the way we interpret the Pasuk is, and the next Pasuk part of the Pasuk is, Certainly if he has a lot of money, he has enough, more than enough, so then he sure, certainly should give tzedakah. Why? As the Pasuk continues, it says, It says, cut off and you'll pass. So Tanat Rebbe Yishmael taught, Anybody that cuts off from his property and he makes tzedakah out of them, meaning even though he doesn't have so much money, but he makes tzedakah out of them, he cuts off from it and gives tzedakah, He'll be saved from the din of Gehenim. It's a marshal to two sheep. They were passing in water. Water. One was sheared of wool, another one had wool on it. The one that was sheared of wool wasn't weighed down by its wool, so it was able to cross the water. But the one that was not sheared of wool, it was weighed down, and it couldn't pass through the water. So similar here, somebody that has money for it to give to tzedakah, and he gives it away, an interesting uh, analogy, he's going to be saved midinashal gehenim. Turn to Zion and Mubez, and the Pasuk concludes, sikh, and you'll be afflicted. So we interpret the word to mean ani. Amr Marzutra, afilu ani amisparnis minat tzedakah, even a pauper who himself receives money from tzedakah, yaaset tzedakah, he should also give money to tzedakah. Loi an cha'id, and you will no longer be a, a pauper. Tanya of Yosef, shuvin marin loi simani anius. Such a person will no longer be shown the signs of poverty. I mean, somebody that gives tzedakah, even though it's difficult because he's a pauper himself, will not be shown signs of poverty. What do you want to say, Dr. Beffler? Oh. <laughs> so that's how we interpret the Pazik in Let's continue now. Let's go to the second point of today. Rabbi Yudah, I'm Rekim Lemizrach, back to back to Psak over here. So Rabbi Yudah says like this, Rekim Lemizrach, in the Mishnah we learned, Rabbi Yudah said the northern border of Eretz Yisrael is Akko. Okay, now the Gemara understands that based on Rabbi Yudah's Shita in the Mishnah, Akko is the final place, actually he says Akko is already Chutzelaret, but there's nothing more than Akko that will be considered part of Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, Lamemer, this would imply, that Akko is actually the northern border of Eretz Yisrael. The problem is, is Vraminu. We have a Tosefta that seems to contradict this. Now, what we're about to show from the Tosefta is as follows. We've learned that there's certain halachos that the Chachamim placed on Chutz La'aretz. It's Midra Banan, but they were Geyser Tuma. They made a decree that Eretz Amimim, that the land of the Goyim, is Tame on a rabbinic level. If you remember, we learned in Masechus Nazir. We quoted a few places, but Nazir was one of them. Either because of Gusha, we, they were concerned that you'll touch the land, that there were bodies that were buried without markers, or Mishma Vira, because of the airspace even, which was more severe. But now, the point is, Anything that's outside of Eretz Yisrael, there was a Gezerah. Inside Eretz Yisrael, there was no such Gezerah. What the Tosefta is going to say is like this. If somebody is walking from Akko north till Kiziv, 
Okay, so that seems to be a northern city. Anything to his right, which is to the east, will be considered chutzal aretz and will be considered a gezeramid rabbanan of Tumah, as well as the fact that there's no uh, trumas and maestras and shvias on a daraisa level. And anything to his left, which is in the western side, will be considered part of Eretz Yisrael. There's no Tumah, and there are mitzvahs of Meiser and Shvius, etc. But the Kasha the Gemara is going to say is that Tosefta clearly implies there's a northern part beyond Akko called Kiziv, which is also part of Eretz Yisrael. And yet Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah says Akko is the northern border of Eretz Yisrael. So the Tosefta seems to contradict our Mishnah. Let's read that inside. What is it? And the... Uh, so let's get to that in a minute. This is actually a, a footnote in the article. I'll t- well, it, could, could the it could be a different well, Akko. So we're understanding it's the eastern border, northeastern border, for sure in the Kasha, northeastern border of Eretz Yisrael. That is that today Akko is certainly it's on the western the border. It's yeah. the co- it's the it's the coast. Maybe What's it called? It's the um, it's the we're, we're the port city, right? That's a port yeah. city. Right. I'll get to that in a minute. Let's see. Asks the Gemara for Aminu, but we have a Tosefta that contradicts this because the Tosefta says, If he was walking north from Akko to Kiziv, which the Gemara understands is Akko is the northeastern border, and he was walking north from Akko to Kiziv. From his right to the east of the way, First of all, there is Tumamid Rabbanan there, as well as is exempt from Meiser and Shvius, because that's considered an area that's not part of Eretz Yisrael. Unless somebody tells you, someone that knows clearly the borders of Eretz Yisrael, that this happens to be an area that's included within the border. It means if somebody can say the borders go around over here, that will be included. But otherwise, you could assume it's not. Now, from his left to the west, Haderach of the way, to Hoira, Mishum Eretz Amim, there's no Gezer, Mirabon, that's part of Eretz Yisrael, and Rechayevis B'Maiser V'Shviyas, it's Chayim Midairaisa in Maiser and Shviyas, Achivad L'Chashi Ptura, unless somebody tells you that's not part of Eretz Yisrael and it's exempt in those things. So the Gemara says, Adheichan, until how far, how far north does this go that it would still be considered part of Eretz Yisrael to the west and not to the east, Ad Kiziv, so Tanakhama says, Til Kiziv. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi, Yom, Rabbi Shmuel, Aviv, Ad Lavlevo. So Rabbi Shmuel, uh, Rabbi Yossi said in the name of Rabbi Yossi until Lavlevo. But the point is, you see that there is something beyond Akko that's also considered part of Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, not, not a kash, Amr Abaye. Not a problem. Ritsua Nafka, there is a strip of land that extends beyond Akko. Akko is, is the northern part of the mainland of Eretz Yisrael. That's what Rabbi Yehuda was saying in our Mishnah. There's a thin strip that extends from Akko and connects to another city, if you see in the Gemara, the first picture over there. I have the older one, but you have the newer one if you have the newer Gemaras. And there's a thin strip of land if you see it's going north. And then you have Kiziv, which is another city that's part of Eretz Yisrael. But what Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah was doing was telling us the northern part of mainland Eretz Yisrael. In Achinami, there is a northern border, which is uh, a Kiziv, that might be part of Eretz Yisrael too, but that's not part of the mainland Eretz Yisrael. No, we're going with the Shita that Akko is the northeastern border. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, some Rishonim, I just want to point out, some Rishonim do say in the Teretz of the Gemara, actually, we're, we're refuting that. We're saying Akko is the northwestern border, and it extended east. But that's not the, you could learn the Gemara not that way. You could learn that way as well. Asks the Gemara, Tana simana hachi? Understand this, 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 does the Tana give simanim like this? Meaning the Gemara, this is how Rashi learns. This is a problem with Rashi. But Rashi learns is, 
for a thin strip of land, is it important for the Tana to give a description of what's part of Eretz Yisrael, this tiny strip of land? Lachor, that's not so significant. So why would the Tana give a simon for this thin strip of land? Tesis jumps on Rashi. What do you mean, why would he give a Tana? You have to know what's part of Eretz Yisrael. What kind of a kasha is that? So Tesis learns differently. Yeah. That's how Rashi learns the kasha. But the Gemara says, in. yeah, we do find in Psukim, actually, that the Torah goes out of its way to give a description of territory using a thin strip of land. The Torah also does that because in Sefer Shoftim, this is at the end of Sefer Shoftim, after the story of Pilegish Begiva. So what happened was there was a civil war declared against Shevet Binyamin, a long story. They created an enactment that the people of Binyamin would go every year to this festival and uh, take wives to marry. So it says over there in the description of where this festival will take place, the Pasuk in Shoftim at the end, it says, and they said, there, was a fe- there will be a festival for Hashem in Shiloi, every year. Now where was Shiloi? Pasuk says, Shiloi was north of Beis El. These are the key words. Mizracha Hashemesh, east, limis, east, meaning Shiloh was east, Limisila Ha'ilam Ibase El Shechema, east of the road that goes from Base El Tashchem, Uminegev Lilavaina, and south of Levaina. The point is, the Pasuk says, Shiloh was east of the road that goes from Base El Tashchem. So you see the description the Pasuk uses is a little strip of land so as to describe where Shiloh was situated. So if the Psukim understand that a strip of land is important to give Simanim for, so the Tosefta could do the same thing. Rapapas, Rapapa explains that Shiloh was east of that road. So therefore the Gemara says not a problem. The Tosefta learns differently. We're not going to get into that right now. All right, let's move on to the last section of the day today. Tana. Now the Gemara about to, is about to discuss the following situation. This is how we understand it today. Maybe tomorrow we'll amend this. But for today... We've discussed that anything that's outside of Eretz Yisrael, you'd have to say the words because, again, either they're not became the Shema or there's no witnesses around to validate, fine. But now, in Eretz Yisrael, you don't have to. We're going to discuss a unique situation now, which is there was a get written on a boat that was traveling in the rivers of Eretz Yisrael. So it's within the border of Eretz Yisrael, i.e. it's on its rivers, but it's not on the ground of Eretz Yisrael. What's that? It's a very interesting, very interesting scenario. So what the Gemara is going to say here is there's a machlekes between two brisois. If in such a scenario you bring that get to Eretz Yisrael, is that considered within Eretz Yisrael, or is it like Chutzla Eretz to Eretz Yisrael? Now what would this be based on? We'll see in a minute. But the Gemara says like this: Tanachada. Uh, <clears throat> one Brisa taught, I maybe get Bisfina, somebody that brings a get on a boat within the rivers of Eretz Yisrael. Rashi learns it was written, Shanichta Bisfina. It was written on the boat in the rivers, the path of the rivers of Eretz Yisrael. Can maybe be Eretz Yisrael. It's like bringing a get within Eretz Yisrael. You don't need to say, another Brisa taught, Can maybe It's like bringing a get within Chutzla Aretz, meaning from Chutzla Aretz to Eretz Yisrael. You do have to say, Faninach, Faninachta. So the Gemara gets two interpretations to resolve the contradiction. Why would, you, why, would you, why would you assume that a river that's within the borders of, of Eretz Yisrael is not part of Eretz Yisrael? It's a very good question. So Rabbi Yermi is going to understand this based on a different machalikis. And I'll explain it outside and we'll see it inside. We have a scenario like this. You have an earthenware boat on the rivers of Eretz Yisrael. You take some dirt, which the Brisa learns is from Chutzlar. It's really be the same if it was from Eretz Yisrael. You plant it on that earthenware boat, with it, which is within the borders of Eretz Yisrael, but it's in the waterways. And then you grow something. 
There's there's a machloikis Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda if that's chayev and trumas and maestros midai raisa. Fascinating machloikis. Earthenware is considered dirt. Earth, earth, earthenware. That's what it is. So now the Tanakama says since it's within the borders of Eretz Yisrael and it's earthenware, it's as if it's being nourished from the ground of Eretz Yisrael, even though the boat's moving. It's chayav and trumas and maestros midai raisa. Rabbi Yehuda says it's only true if it's plant if it's stopped on the ground meaning if the boat is on in shallow waters it's and it's <coughs> on the ground right. then it will be but if it's moving it's not so the gemara is going to say it's the same machlaikis the firbirmias pshat the first brisa is assuming that it's not that it's considered part of eretz Yisrael, like the tanakama even though it's moving it's considered part of eretz Yisrael. the set the gabagitin as well the second brisa like rabbi Huda, it's moving it's not part of eretz Yisrael. Uh, it wouldn't be the same because earthenware is what a metal boat. exactly it wouldn't be the same. Let's read that inside. So the Gemara says, "I'm Rabbi Fascinating Machlekes. I'm Rabbi Yirmiyah. Rabbi Yirmiyah says, like Kasha, Har Rabbi Yehudi. The second bride is like Rabbi Yehuda. Har Rabbana. The first like the Rabbana. The Tanan, as we learned in the Mishnah in Maseches Chala, it says, Offer Chutzel Aretz Habavus Vina LaAretz. If you have dirt of Chutzel Aretz, now it will really be the same in terms of Eretz Yisrael dirt as well. But the point is a Chiddush Rabbi Yehuda. Let's see, dirt of Chutzel Aretz that's on a boat." That's traveling in the rivers of Eretz Yisrael. Chayev, and you grow something there. Chayev ben Meiser of Ashviyas, Tanakama says, you're Chayev to take off Meisers, and it's also liable to the mitzvahs of Shemitah. Since it's earthenware, it's as if it nourished from the ground of Eretz Yisrael itself, and it's Chayev in Trumas and Meisers and Shviyas. Amr, of Yehuda, of Yehuda, are Yuzemusai, when is this true? That's only if the boat is touching the soil. But if the Sfina is not, if it's moving, Potter it would not be Chayef. So says Rabbi Yirmiya, the same way there's a debate regarding Trumas and Meisers, if that's considered part of Eretz Yisrael, it also would be a debate if that's considered taken from Chutzel Aretz or Eretz Yisrael. Abayi, Amar Abayi says a second answer, Havahar Rabbi Yehuda, both Brysais could be like Rabbi Yehuda. But like Kasha, no problem. The second brisa is when the boat is situated on the dirt, so it's considered part of Eretz Yisrael. The first brisa is where it's mo- where it's uh, moving still. Since it's moving, it's not part of Eretz Yisrael. I'm Rabbi Zera. Let's finish off with this. Rabbi Zera says, Now, Rabbi Zera is going to try to apply the Machlekes Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanan to the following scenario. You have a wooden pot in Eretz Yisrael, elevated by some sort of peg, so it's not actually on the ground. Now, there's a hole in the bottom of it. You plant something in there. Rabbi Zer is going to try to say, whatever grows there will be the same debate, Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. Tanakama is going to say, even though it's not actually on the soil, so it's still considered nourished from the soil, just as water is not an interposition, also air is not an interposition. Rabbi Yehuda is going to say, no, it's not touching the soil, so it's not considered part of Eretz Yisrael. It's not Chayav Trumas Maestros Midai Raisa. Let's see this inside. Amar Bizeira. Atzitz Nakuv. Rashi points it has to be wooden because, again, if it's earthenware, so it would be Chayav. If you have an Atzitz, you have a flower pot that's made out of wood and it's pierced. There's a hole in the bottom. Hamuna Chalgabi Yisedos. And it's being elevated on top of these pegs or sticks. Stilts. Ba'anu Lamachlaik is Rabbi Rabbanan. It would be the same debate, Rabbi Rabbanan. So the Gemara says it's not true. Amar Rav. Rav is like this. Not true. 
Dilmalai, maybe that's not really true. I'd come to come review to Hasmer. You'd only said regarding the boat that it wouldn't be considered part of Eretz Yisrael. Ella Bisvina, turning to Chesimud Aleph, by the boat Hasiel of Royach, because a boat is made to move. Now, while it's moving, it doesn't constitute being part of Eretz Yisrael because of the interposition of its movement. Avil Atzitz She'enu Yasiel of Royach. But this flower pot is stationary. So loy, maybe Rabbi Yehuda would concede this would constitute nourishing from Eretz Yisrael, and if that's the case, it should be Chayav and Shumas and Maizus Midaraisa. And also the other way, Inami, Adkan like Amir Rabbanan Hasam, Rabbanan only say over there in the case of the boat that it will be considered part of Eretz Yisrael, Ela Bisvina Doloi Mafsik Avira, because by the case of the boat, there's no airspace in between the boat and the ground. Because the water is like an extension of the soil, of the earth. But airspace, which is separating between the plant and the ground, maybe they would say it's not nourishing from the ground, so it's not chayav and trumas and midaraisa, and therefore Abai refutes the assumption, Arav, excuse me, refutes the assumption that Rabbi Zer is making that the same debate would be applicable here. All right, we'll stop here at the top of Ches Aleph. Ches tomorrow.